everybody. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan. Joining me in the studio today is Anna. Hello. Paulo. Balls deep. And Damien. That's me. <laughs> That's a Mario. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. Uh, before we get started today, I would like to just throw a quick shout out to my buddy Guy Medeiros. He started up his own podcast that's been in the works for a while. It is uh, a largely wrestling-focused podcast. However, he said he will be gutting on some other topics, too. It is called The Guy Show, and you can search for that on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, you'll also notice maybe someone else integrated in that show in some way. Uh, I created the podcast album art for him, as well as did the voiceover for his intro. So you can hear me announcing him at the beginning of every show. Cool. So check that out again. That's The Guy Show. Search for it on iTunes and on Podbean. So it's been a heavy uh, trailer time in the geek community. We've gotten a lot of big drops, some earlier than expected, talking about Batman versus Superman. But the first one that we all wanted to talk about was Marvel's Ant-Man trailer, which, Paul, you were specifically excited about. Yes. How so? Mostly, I mean... Now that I think about it, it's kind of like Iron Man 1.5. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, make a suit for a weapon. Oh, this other guy wants it. Oh, I don't want to give it to him. Fight. Right, right, you right. Know, like, but I mean, right at the end, that uh, Thomas the Tank Engine scene where like, you know, it's all, you know, they're playing on the whole size thing. And mm-hmm. it just the, the whole thing where the, the train just kind of plops over instead of like this gigantic dramatic crash. Was, yeah. It was real good. I mean, it kind of sets the tone for the movie. I mean, Paul Rudd, not exactly what you think of when you think of right, action Right, he's a comedic star. actor. Right. Sure. And so for him to be able to kind of flex those muscles a little bit in that type of uh, context is great. And, mm-hmm. I th- you know, it's refreshing. I mean, one of the reasons Guardians was so good was because, one, it was a space opera, but also, I mean, there was humor yeah. to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Yep. You know, and with like age of ultron coming out and it has like this super serious dark tone to it Mm -hmm. having something like ant-man to kind of lighten things up i think provides a little bit of diversity yeah and it would be interesting too then moving forward when you have some kind of darker tone things if those comedic characters are going to show up Mm -hmm. you already have that like default comedic person that they can fall back on it's kind of like oh yeah. Comedy. Yeah, the know? comic relief guy is yeah. automatically inserted, and we know the tone already. Uh, the, it does bring in something interesting, too, though. People have said that Marvel's villains are not as strong as they could be. Like, they have Loki, obviously, is their strongest villain. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about the Kingpin being another mm-hmm. strong villain. But overall, most of their villains are just reflections or other versions of their heroes, in a way. Like, right. speaking of Iron Man... All of his villains were just like other people with armor. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man's a little bit more of the same. We have Ant-Man, then we have Yellow Jacket, who's just another bug guy in a suit, essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, when you're talking about the people, like Marvel's strong villains currently, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, Tom... Oh Hiddleston. God, Tom Hiddleston, yeah. <laughs> like, those two guys, I mean... When I think of them, I don't think villain. I think really strong actors. Right, exactly. So it's not necessarily the villain aspect of it that's strong. It's the actors who play them. Totally. So it's like, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have strong actors playing mediocre villains? Or would you rather have like a an awesome, you know, captivating villain who is portrayed by an awesome actor? I mm-hmm. think if you put those two together, I mean, like, I think I think that's like Heath Ledger and the Joker. Sure. You know, it's like you get like this awesome sort of counterpoint to you know a character that everybody already loves mm-hmm. so i mean i think that's something they definitely need to put some time into because like marvel's focus is just generally heroes you right don't see a right. lot of like super strong villains or people that are like 
you know, vulture, yay. Right, right. <laughs> so antagonists are there mostly as plot points right. instead of characters. Right. Yeah. I mean, Venom was kind of one because, I mean, you know, he came from Spider-Man, sort mm-hmm. of. Like, he was an evolution of him through the suit. But... I mean, they haven't put any of those guys on screen. I don't. I don't speak <laughs> of the venom that's already been put on screen. Right, I, right. I mean, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, I think Marvel, not just the cinematic universe, but in general, like their strongest villains are with the X Men franchise, I agree. and then Marvel's not allowed to use the X Men franchise, so it makes it kind of hard. I mean, Magneto's right. amazing. You know, mm-hmm. they they have really strong villains on that side, and they can't use any of them. So. And it tends to be, and it's the same thing. Like Spider Man does have some good villains like you said venom i thought doc ock and spidey 2 was he was awesome. arguably one of the best villains marvel's ever done mm-hmm. even though it was sony's movie it wasn't right. necessarily marvel's but it is always being able to see some sort of point of view of the villain if you can agree on some level with them they automatically become relatable yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'd love to see the action sequences in ant-man when they do like the like you know full-size humans versus tiny little ant-man and he's just like kicking their ass and just watch them as like you can you can barely see this thing and they're just getting like thrown across the room and yeah taking punches from nowhere it's it's gonna be hilarious in some effect it's honey i shrunk the kids with superpowers yeah. right. which is kind of exciting when you think about it it's gonna be a whole lot of improv like a la fight club sure you know, edward sure. Norton's fight with himself like <laughs> those stunt guys are going to be like wait what <laughs> just fling yourselves around just and we're going like to put them in punished. later okay. which is essentially how they're doing yeah. it so mm-hmm. that that's probably be the funniest set to be on I wonder if they have like a tennis ball on a stick and they're just like <laughs> no, bat at stick. it swat at that swat it's like Brian Regan's bit about walking into the spider web yeah 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 <laughs> you just start flailing all of a sudden or like if they are doing the tennis ball with the stick it's like uh, they're just like moving and you're like, Whoa, uh, uh, like a, you're like a cat swatting at it <laughs> it'll be good dvd extras on that one exactly uh so moving on another big one i mean ant-man's exciting and everything but it's not star wars <laughs> the force <laughs> awakens and we got to see a second teaser for that everybody's talking about the one scene at the end and the the tears that come when you see it of han and chewy <laughs> and chewy were home holy crap yeah. goose bumpy yeah i have to say up to that point the trailer did not do for me what the initial teaser did because the initial teaser was made to drive emotion. Mm-hmm. Like the way the music hit when you see the Millennium Falcon and everything yeah. mm-hmm. was just a huge emotional point. This one, the emotion doesn't really hit until you see Han and Chewie and the trailer is pretty much over at that point. But it did kind of give uh, a little bit of hinting as to what the actual plot of this movie is going to be. Right. As soon as I saw that Star Destroyer in the sand, I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then th- watching the Millennium Falcon fly through it, I'm yep. like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, just you were like, holy shit. And they do it right. You know, they, they put together a trailer that keeps you wanting more. It leaves you curious as to what's going on. I mean, I get, I guess they benefit from this being, you know, kind of like a brand new story. Sure. And having, you know, like some things that you are familiar with, but other things you're kind of having to learn along with the process. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing it right. Like they want you to come to the theater to see it. Not like Age of Ultron, which I'm going to see anyway, and I love the fucking movie. Yeah, Don't yeah. get me wrong. But in the last, like, two weeks, have you guys noticed, like, there have been, like, four or five TV spots, two new trailers. Yes. Like, I won't just, watch mm-hmm. them. I'm not watching so, them either. Yeah. We're just being inundated with, like, minute clips of, like, yeah. what's going on. And, yep. like, but at this point, I'm less curious and just more, like, 
following through mm-hmm. to go and see the movie. But Star Wars is like, I need to see this movie. It doesn't tell you shit. Yeah. And that's about exactly story, what I like. Which yeah. is what I like. Yeah. You want to get excited about it, but you don't want to see all the best bits. Mm-hmm. I spent a good 45 minutes like going on the internet, like looking for like <laughs> hints as to like what this stuff means. Like, for example, like the Chrome Trooper that mm-hmm. you see in the in the trailer, I'm like, that's so fucking awesome! Is that a Mandalorian? Holy shit! I need to know more. <laughs> and like I just like read through all this stuff and you know found some answers, but mostly just conjecture. And it's like right because nobody you, really knows. Yeah, nobody yeah. really knows. So it's great. Yeah, I found the trailer to be really refreshing with the amount of different like people you saw, the clips from here mm-hmm. and there. It made you feel like yes, this is expanding the Star Wars universe. We're seeing a in the future of you know how this universe works we're, we're seeing mm-hmm. a whole bunch of new things using the same like ideology and rules of the world that many of us could only imagine yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i do think it is exciting to i mean the only thing we're really getting out of the trailer is the fact that there is someone else that's going to be trained as a jedi mm-hmm. most likely related to the skywalkers in some way right. i don't think that's a huge leap in the sense that we all kind of thought that's what was going to happen anyway mm-hmm. because Obviously, if there's new Sith popping up, they need new Jedis and the battle wages on. Right. But from this point, like, yes, this was a teaser trailer. I'm done seeing anything for Star Wars. I don't want to know plot points. I don't want to know characters. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to see Luke and Leia. Like, I like that we didn't see them Mm -hmm. in the trailer. Like, we saw Han and Chewie, and that was for a very purposeful reason. Right. And Chewie looks very much the same, even though people (laughs) are like, old Chewie, he looks very much the same. Yeah, he needed, like, a couple gray hair. Exactly, I mean, I'm sure that Wookiees age at a different rate than humans, but it could still use, like, a little, you know, a little Little touch of gray. A little bit would have been nice. Yeah. Have you seen that meme, the one that's like, what Chewie looks like now and what he should look like? What oh, he no. should look like no. is Harry and the Hendersons. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm I'm so on board for Star Wars. I think Abrams is really approaching it in a very solid way and yeah. really showing respect to the uh, movies prior. The ones that matter, at least. <laughs> I'm like super amped to find out more about like the Sith. Because that guy is like a brand new character from mm. what I can understand. Kylo Ren, he looks awesome yeah. too. Like he has that Revan esque mask, yes. you know. Yep. And so, like you don't kind of don't really know what he looks like. Like, is he a robot? Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, sort of an android, or is he an alien? You know, like, and he's got like the full on Sith drapes and like the the cross guard saber. It's like, yeah, it's it, it looks kind of unrefined. Like mm-hmm. if you saw some of the pictures from Star Wars Celebration, like the saber kind of looks like it was just put together. Oh yeah, like oh, somebody wow. just like glued pieces together That's funny. and like made a saber. And so it kind of like gives you the impression that this guy is maybe self-trained mm-hmm. or he's just coming up. He's not necessarily a lord, but he's maybe apprentice level. So his saber is unrefined and maybe not the best. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, you're, it's, it's a it's a story that or it's a, it's a lord that's in development is very intriguing. To me. Sure. What I think is interesting, too, is if you think about it, the first I mean, I don't like to talk about the first three movies, but the first six movies were really actually about the emperor. If you think about it Mm -hmm. and his reign and his rise to power and then his reign and then his death. So you can kind of say that those six are all about him. So now it's like, well, who is the Sith working for and what are their goals? Because there's there's no emperor. He's dead. Right. And Mm -hmm. you assume that after that, you know, after episode six, that, you know, peace came to the universe and 
it was more democratic right, and all these right. things. So it's going to be really interesting to see now where these villains are coming from. Yeah. Because his part of the story is over. I mean, they always, they say the Sith, there's always two. There's a master and there's an apprentice. Mm-hmm. Our assumption is that Kylo Ren is the apprentice. And then right. we are, the master is a mystery. And I thought, always thought at least that I'm not super familiar with the expanded universe. Maybe they did do this at some point. Uh, the trailer kind of shows against it, but not necessarily. I always thought that Luke Skywalker would become a Sith master at some point mm. because of the dangers of training him at such an older age mm-hmm. that he would eventually turn that way. And eventually they would turn him back at some point. Right. He would become a Jedi again instead of a Sith. But that that's what I always kind of thought would be the the process or the natural kind of storytelling like sort point of there. following the family line kind of a little bit yeah yeah so kind of following after his dad because that was so foreshadowed in the other movies and mm. i think like when i saw the trailer like what it made me think was that maybe kylo ren is kind of resurrecting the sith mm-hmm. and that you have this wealth of young characters who are just entering the universe yeah maybe and maybe not just one of them is force sensitive maybe there's two and so, you know, they have to choose, like, who's going to go where. Right. And one gets seduced by the dark and one goes to the light. And you have, like, this new dynamic now where maybe it's familial. Maybe it's just two friends who are two people who have grown to, grown a friendship sure. together who are now divided by the force. Like, it looks awesome. So maybe Kylo is the master and he's searching for an apprentice or something? Yeah, like, yeah. maybe, like, with the, with the emperor dying, I mean, we, like, they... they it established it pretty clearly. Like the emperor was like the big bad. Mm-hmm. He was like the big Sith Lord of the universe and he's gone. So now there's just giant void. So maybe somebody who was an aspiring Sith is stepping forward and saying, sure. I'm going to rebuild what uh, we once had. Yeah. All makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the other big drop the other day, it happened. It wasn't supposed to happen until like Monday when hopefully people are hearing this, but there was a leak online, which always kind of forces people's hands when that happens. Uh, I did not watch the leak because I'm like, I'm not watching a subpar quality <laughs> version <laughs> of this trailer. And Classic then, Rob. Yeah. All right. And then they did drop the uh, official Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice teaser, which finally showed Ben Affleck in the Batman suit, a little bit of the robotic Batman suit, which people are making Lego Batman jokes about. <laughs> and uh, we saw a little bit of soups in there and a little bit of the tone of the movie which it seems very similar to Man of Steel, but it also borrows heavily from Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which we all kind of knew anyway going into this. What would you guys think of that? I was less hyped. I was less, like, it, I think it suffered from coming out, like, right after Star Wars, the Star Wars totally, trailer. Totally, totally. But, I mean, I mean, it's just, like, one of the things that turned me off about it was, like, the bat voice. Like, it was, like... The robotic, the weird robotic bat voice. I don't think that? that's an always. I think that has to do with the robotic suit. Just the suit itself. Yeah, I yeah. think. I don't think he'll be like that when he's in the normal costume. I just hope it's not like he's trying to do Bale Batman 2.0. Right. Like, I hope he does like his own take on the voice, not necessarily like from the animated series, but you know, just I don't know something else. It made sense that he would have some sort of a voice modulator. I'm thinking more towards like Arrow, what mm-hmm. Oliver Queen does. That would totally make sense for Batman, but it it would also make sense for him to just kind of do Kevin Conroy style and then mm-hmm. not quite as Baleish, gravelly, yeah. but still just speak in a different tone. Right. Like it doesn't have to be. Uh, 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 right. It could just be like drop your voice right. in octone and change your tonality a little yeah. bit, like that kind of idea. 
Did you get that like impression like when he's in the trailer when he's staring at the bat suit and he's mm-hmm. got like that like look on his face it's kind of like it i kind of thought i saw that look in gone girl like, oh. <laughs> i looked at it and i was like wait are you gonna murder your wife <laughs> right right it yeah. was almost a look of disgust yeah looking at his suit like oh well I in the trailer like this. you you hear the english voice which is presumably alfred right because it sounds like jeremy irons sure sure so you hear the voice and he says something about disgust and yep. fear and how that makes people or turns men cruel yeah so maybe like he hasn't had the bat suit on for a while, like mm-hmm. he's kind of retired it. But now that you know this, the Kryptonian, which is here, again all very Dark Knight Returns, right? Like yeah. he's looking at it like shit. I got to put this thing on again. Yeah. Like, okay, let's go to work, kind of thing. But I understand what they're doing for this movie. My reservation is more about Batman than the actual movie itself. Like this is the Batman that's being introduced for the DC universe moving forward. And it's an old, disgruntled Batman. Or not old, but older Batman that doesn't necessarily want to be Batman anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not really the Batman I'm looking for. Like, it's great for that singular story. But after that, I want I want the mid to young 30s Batman who's still out there just kicking ass because of the sense of justice and not a sense of obligation. And I feel like having a Batman who's you know, already been through this and has stepped away from it and now coming back to it and presumably is older, mm-hmm. you kind of lose that ability for the character to grow so much. Yeah, I agree. Um, being like so seasoned, you're, we, we might not see so much of like character development as becoming a better superhero. Mm-hmm. It would just be just broadening just like general knowledge as opposed to having large character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my worry is that when we see, and we will no doubt see a solo Batman movie, mm what then because like you said so much character development has been done in what we haven't seen with this version it's all been done kind of off screen right so what's the interesting part now like dark knight returns was an end of batman's story kind of tale so if we're seeing the tail end of what batman has become where is there to go exactly yeah plus the the whole tone of the movie i think you said this online anna is that it's just it just doesn't seem as fun as the marvel movies mm. right i mean it was pretty much the whole time Paul was talking about Ant-Man, I was thinking of Batman v Superman because it's everything that Ant-Man isn't. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like one of the best things about the Avengers was like when Hulk smashed Logie in the face, you know, right, and like right. the whole the whole audience burst out laughing together. Yeah. You know, and it's cool to have it be dark and brooding and exciting and stuff like that. But like at the same time, it's like you have to lighten it up a little bit or I'm just going to lose interest. Totally. And right. I didn't see Man of Steel and I don't plan on seeing Man of Steel. So I'm a little bit interested in what they're going to do with Wonder Woman, Um, which, by the way, interestingly enough, the release date for that movie is my birthday. Oh, cool. Yeah. So when the Wonder Woman movie comes out, I'll probably go see that because I've just always loved her. But but I'm just uh, it just seems so dark and uh, brooding. I just I like to laugh. I like to smile. I mean, I don't need to the whole time. I don't really like, you know, slapstick comedies really Mm -hmm. but you know you have to like have that sway you have to have the back and forth you have to have the lighter moments and i have a feeling i mean i didn't like i said i didn't see man of steel maybe they had a couple jokes in there here and there but i'm sure that like it wasn't enough to really they weren't like marvel quality jokes no they were probably just like little one-liners but not anything you know i mean like freaking iron man was hilarious yeah guardians of the galaxy was hilarious yeah you know, well, yeah, and in a, in a movie with Batman, if it's like just a Batman movie, 
that makes sense. Batman's a stupidly serious character. Right. But even Alfred lightens it up. Right, Alfred right. is like the, you know, he'll say something to like knock Bruce down yeah. from his brooding, you know, whatever. So even that is like, you know, I just watched actually uh, 89 Batman and Batman Returns and mm-hmm. they had cute little moments. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's Batman doesn't have to be right. this super dark all the time character because Bruce Wayne's actually pretty, you know pretty cool guy yeah so i don't know it's just does just doesn't interest me and superman's supposed to be the light point it's supposed to be a dark and light kind of relationship right but when superman's almost as dark as batman you're like well what the hell yeah i mean if you look at like um the tv show with dean kane i'm like losing my oh lois and clark yeah lois and clark that was like light and funny and but it still had a lot of action at the same time agreed i just think you could do both I agree. I'm just worried on how this mood is going to bleed into the rest of the Justice League. Right. Because are we going to have like a super brooding flash? Are we going to like we already see. We better not. Yeah. We already see like a grittier Aquaman. I mean, obviously they had to do something for Aquaman. He looks amazing. And he does. But (laughs) if this is just going to become what every character is like, we're going to lose that element of fun throughout the entire series. Well, what what I think DC did and what I think is kind of their misstep in this is Mm -hmm. they had so much success with the Nolan verse and the dark and serious Batman that they said, okay, now we have Batman. We have flying Batman. We have aqua Batman. We have fast Batman (laughs) and we have woman Batman. And that's our (laughs) Justice League. And that scares me because when you homogenize the characters like that, they they all lose a bit of themselves and what really makes them interesting individually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do not like Wonder Woman's outfit. No? No. Yeah. There's no, like, no American flag. Like, there's no, there's sort of an eagle on it, kind of. But, I mean, I understand they're going for more the Amazon, you know, but she looks like Xena the Warrior Princess. She doesn't look like fucking Wonder Woman. See, I think they very much ditched the whole, like, American Thing that Wonder Woman was a long time ago. But that's what yeah. she is. <laughs> She's not anymore, though. They yeah. ditched that in like the 70s or. Yeah, like... but her outfits are still red, white, and blue. I would say starting yeah. from like the 90s, like they stopped dressing her up. Like it was, it was red, gold, and blue. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of red, silver, and blue. Yep. And then it was like dark red. Yeah, she actually doesn't have yellow navy. anymore. Yeah, there's no. I don't know. The, she still looks like her though i mean i know she's gone through a lot of outfits but like it's not fucking brown like i'm sorry but i don't (laughs) like her new outfit that's the color muting that they're doing like superman's stuff is maroon instead of red too i don't like that either like the color everything is darker yeah Yeah, the color palette for the dc universe is like all of the colors mixed with black yeah if you put the avengers next to the justice league (laughs) it would look like someone someone brought the saturation way down on dc no they put a a sepia filter on yeah that's what they did yeah (laughs) and that's that's not it doesn't make it more realistic because obviously we buy into the marvel stuff just fine Mm -hmm. they've already proven that it's kind of the whole thing though like i know they want to make it realistic but it's a comic book. I know. So like, I, I don't know. care. I don't need it to fit into my life. Yeah. I need it to be somewhere else in another universe that's more fun than ours. I totally agree. And the more real that you try to make it, the more ridiculous the whole superhero thing kind of seems when you're watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will say this, though. I like the Batsuit. Yeah, the Batsuit looks good. Not the... Not the robot one. one. The robot robot one one looks ridiculous. The robot one looks bad, but the one that he's wearing in that shot where he's kind of emerging from the shadows. Yep. And he's like, that looks great. That looks awesome because one, he's fucking jacked. He's way jacked. Huge, like like, crazy. His his delts are like bulging out. Yeah, Yeah. he looks like a a piece of art out of a comic book. He looks like like that's kind of like what you expect, like realistic batman to look right like. right giant because for him to actually be strong yeah he'd actually have to have that size Muscles, and everything right. yeah yeah 
So, okay. Uh, so that's a lot of trailer talk, much more than I expected, but <laughs> we do have some reviews that we need to get to. We've been sitting on some of these for a while, uh, and we want to get them to you. So we're going to do this before we do our geek outs and freak outs. So Anna, you have a movie that you saw recently that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, it's called The History of Future Folk. Mm-hmm. We've been watching some like weird indie films on Netflix lately. So this one just looked really strange, and it was only an hour and 25 minutes. So we're like, ah, let's watch it. So it, the premise is really cool. It's about an alien who comes to planet Earth to take it over because a comet is going to hit their planet. Okay. So they want to save... They want to kill all the humans and take Earth. Oh, okay. So he he comes to like scout it out. He's a like a general in the army. He's like the most important hero of his planet. But he gets here, and he hear he goes to a Home Depot type place. Okay. And for the first time, he hears music because his planet doesn't have music, and oh. none of the planets he ever visited were had music. Is this modern times? Yes. Okay. So he decides he can't destroy earth because it has this amazing thing okay and he like learns how to play the banjo and stays and gets married and has a kid and he is trying to figure out i assume then he looks completely humanoid and yes he looks like a human but he wears a really weird black and red outfit and like his helmet looks like an upside down bucket it's really bizarre (laughs) like it's really like it's very low budget and like a little bit hokey i would describe the whole movie as very cute all right. It was like a really cute movie and it had some action, but it was really low budget. Uh-huh. And um, so what ends up happening is an, he's trying to figure out how to save his planet from Earth rather than taking Earth. Like okay. he was trying to save his planet so that it doesn't get hit by a comet and we can both live separately. So then this other guy comes to Earth to like see what he's been doing because he didn't succeed in his mission. Mm-hmm. And he also heard music. And was same like, compl- same exact thing happens, <laughs> and he picks up the guitar. So then they're like, you know, the whole thing is them arguing, like, do we go back home and tell them, or do we invite them to come? But like, humans aren't really into sharing. Mm-hmm. And I actually made one really insightful uh, comment, which was like, they for thousands of years have been fighting amongst themselves. Like, mm-hmm. they are not ready to invite someone else to live here because they can't even get along with each other, right, you know, which is right. completely true. Like, especially today, everything is still so torn apart, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. like, we would never accept aliens into our planet, ever. See, it's funny. I, I was just listening to Louis C.K. on Howard. Louis has a bit similar to that, saying, like, if we found an alien planet or if they came and found us one way or the other, if one of us was slightly more advanced than the other the last one is going to be slaves automatically automatically like none of us like they they want that we want like (laughs) we would automatically enslave them or they would automatically enslave us because we can't even keep our own shit together yeah yeah i mean and it going off on a tangent but like that's why when people are like oh aliens definitely aren't real because there's no way they could keep it secret and everybody would know about it and i'm like no i'm like the government would keep it secret under any and all circumstances, because if human beings found out, there it would fucking be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the you know people couldn't handle it. No. They absolutely couldn't handle it. So not, not as a society, at least. No, not at all. Like individually, they, I'd be like, they Yay! can't. They can't even <laughs> handle gay marriage. They're not going to be able to handle like like an alien coming here and living with us. Like right. it's just impossible. Right. So. But it's a really cute story about like now you know them deciding what to do, and I'm not going to give away the whole plot, but mm-hmm. it was um. It was cute. I enjoyed it. I I thought it was really fun. 
cute movie. Cool. Yeah. Sounds interesting. And actually, it's weird. Though I like Wikipedia, and it's based on a real band. So these oh. guys, like the two guys. Oh, are, that real band with aliens in them? Right. No, they, they wear the buckets on their head. It's kind of like a spoof. Oh, okay. It's a spoof band. Like um, like Devo? No, like Tenacious D. Oh, okay. Where they have their characters. Sure. And their music is about the, the characters. Interesting. Yeah. So they're they're like a um, Manhattan, New York-based actual band. Huh. And then somehow got a budget to make a movie. And you said <laughs> but, this was on Netflix if people want to watch? It that yes. Way. Yep. Cool. The history of future folk. Cool. Uh, Damien, you have a game. Yes, I do. Have any of you guys played Shovel Knight? I have not played it, but I'm very familiar with it. Well, before my review, I just want to recommend it because it is fantastic. Nice. Um, think of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Levels are designed as Mega Man style, where you're you have like your linear left to right, but also up and down. And you play as this character who's a knight in blue armor wielding his shovel blade on a mission to rescue what is presumed to be uh, like his love interest, but also his like partner in chivalry, okay. <laughs> uh, who goes by the name of Shield Knight. And the game combines, like I said, the gameplay of, Me- of Mega Man. It feels so much like Mega Man switching between weapons and armors and stuff on the fly as you're going through. But also like on like the menu screen, the the map world looks like Super Mario Brothers three. The village worlds look like almost like Castlevania esque in their two D. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is completely like retro retro designed um, with like the sixteen bit art style, limited color palettes. The music sounds like it's straight out of the SNES. It feels right at home next to all these other old old style games, and it's a ton of fun. The difficulty is plenty high enough where it's not just another indie game it was nominated for game of the year awards on many different many different uh medias Mm -hmm. and has won plenty of them yeah yeah and i wanted to write this as a review but i couldn't convey the actual emotion of how much i enjoy (laughs) this game in in writing so shovel knight see i heard a a great uh, game i did hear a podcast episode on another show with the creator Mm -hmm. of shovel knight and speaking about everything he talked about the color palette and they did say they took a little they took a few liberties, like of as course. far as the music goes, to make sure things were more an homage to mm. the classic graphics and music than an actual like recreation. Right. Like, why limit yourself when you want to keep it feeling somewhat modern mm. in tone? Uh, so like they do have some sounds that they couldn't generate on the older consoles, and same thing with their color palette. But there's definitely the clear influences of those to where if you didn't, if you weren't like super super familiar with what the capabilities of the older systems were. You would just go, oh, yeah, it looks exactly like it would on Super Nintendo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the the gameplay style, I know as well, is heavily borrowed from the uh, weapon usage of like the NES DuckTales game, mm. where your shovel is a lot like Scrooge McDuck's cane, mm. where yeah. you can like hit things or you can bounce. bounce Bouncing on, on it is a big mechanic of right. the game. Neat. So, yeah. And the difficulty level has been said to be quite high. But oh, yeah. again, in a, also an homage to classic games that weren't yeah. like hold your hand all the way through. A little so, more challenge. Well done, Yacht Club Games. Well done. Cool. Paul, you also have a video game. Yes, I do. Full disclosure, we got a code for this game from the developers. We so, did. Uh, the game is hashtag IDARB. Um, I just call it IDARB because it feels weird to say hashtag IDARB in real life. Yep. <laughs> it's a traditional sort of 2D platformer, very 8-bit. The goal is very simple. Put the ball in the goal. I mean, it's it's almost too simple. Mm-hmm. But then the fun comes with uh, adding other people. So, like, the game, when you're playing it as a single player, is not 
super fun. Like, I mean, it's, you're playing against a computer, you can ramp up the difficulty, but I mean, based the, the, the concept is very simple, put the ball in the hole. I mean, there's different ways of scoring more points like bouncing or like ricocheting off of objects. But I mean, once you start to add other people to the mix, I mean, it's very reminiscent of like, I don't know, the, the eighties or nineties when mm-hmm. like you had to play with your friends on a couch and you would like shove your friend and be like, Hey, stop <laughs> it. And you know, t- trying to like distract him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it very much brings that. It's very reminiscent of that. And, um, there's actually a mechanic in the game that I thought was very creative, very annoying, but I mean, innovative to say the least. Um, there's a ticker tape that runs at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And what it is is basically a feed of people who are tweeting things about IDARP. Um, I know I see that look in your face and you think it's fucking weird, but there's a point to it. Okay. Um, so I think it picks up anything that has to do with IDARB or hashtag IDARB or anything on Twitter that relates to the game. What some people can do, not some, I mean, everybody can do it, but if you tweet certain commands Mm -hmm. and you hashtag it, hashtag it IDARB, then it will actually affect the environment in the game. Really? So it'll like close a door or like a platform will fall away. Like, I haven't, I've only seen like the, the door to the goal close. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen like too many, too many things happen other than that. And that was only in the context of the single player. Like I never saw it when okay. I was playing with two or three people. Yeah. So, but it's really cool. Cause I mean, I, like you, like I say, it's cool, but it's also very annoying because you can see how that would get annoying. Sure. I mean, like if like a lot of people are tweeting about IDAR at any given point, you start to see like, you know, if everybody's tweeting commands, then the game becomes unplayable. Right. But if, you know, you have somebody who, who just like out of nowhere, just tweet something and it, it, it affects your environment. Yeah. I mean, it, it immediately changes the dynamic of the game. If it becomes so, something like Twitch plays Pokemon, then all of a sudden it's <laughs> yeah, anarchy. Basically. I mean, but I mean, from, I mean, I've only seen the commands work twice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not rampant. It doesn't happen all the time. Hmm. And it's definitely a game where your fun factor is multiplied by the number of people that you play with. Okay. So if you can get like two or three of your friends on a couch and play Ardarb together, great game. Definitely cool. uh, check it out. I had it on Xbox One. Uh, it was actually free last month on oh. Xbox Live Gold. Yep. But I'm not sure about this month. But uh, definitely check it out. It's real cheap. I think it was like five ninety nine or something. Oh, like okay. When you did it, even if it wasn't free. So definitely check it out. Cool. Cool. Uh, I also have a video game. <laughs> it's like heavy video game review time. Uh, and in full disclosure as well, this was also provided to me by the company. Uh, this is called Bloodsports.tv. They were actually nice enough to give me five codes for the game, mainly because one of the biggest things or the biggest selling points of the game is it's a five player co-op game. So like, well, make sure you give these codes to other people so you're playing with other people. Otherwise, it's not going to be nearly as fun. So uh, one of the things about this game that you might notice right away is it has uh, an art style very reminiscent of like borderlands it has like that uh heavy that strong color palette with some thick outlines and things like that a lot of people look at it and they think that it is a moba which it is not it is a top-down kind of combat arena game which is appears to be like a moba but the the separating factor between this and a moba is that not everybody is controlled by a human character or a human player so you and your friends are the five co-op players, the AI is completely running the enemy. And that's nice. In a, in a multiplayer world where we're kind of moving more towards having everybody be a human-controlled character, this kind of takes that out of the equation. 
because that's I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of just like full on death match. Like it's fun for some games, but the more human elements you put into a video game, I think the more room for error you run into, even though you're opening it up to more possibility because people act more unpredictably than a computer does. Uh, you're still inviting in more room for problems. And this kind of cuts out half of that, at least. So I did try playing solo a little bit, uh, and that's kind of fun. But the problem is that it is just too difficult to handle on your own. The difficulty doesn't change depending on how many players are actually fighting against the kind of horde of enemies that are coming at you. The story itself is kind of uh, funny in a way because you're the villains in this uh, pretty much. Basically, you are, it's set up like a reality show too, Anna. You were making connections to, what was that older game? Smash TV. Smash TV, where it has like the kind of setup of a reality show. So this is like a gladiator battle. Like you and your friends are dropped in here and there's a giant missile right by your base. Uh, the people that come in to fight you are angry villagers. So, and the reason that they're motivated to actually fight against you is if they don't destroy the missile silo that you're protecting, the missile launches and destroys their village and all their loved ones. So, so. Sounds like a game for Volpe. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, you you basically play as the villains, but that like, you don't see, you see the missile launch, but you don't see any of the destruction or anything. So it's just kind of all hinted at and alluded to. You don't really feel like a villain necessarily. You're just killing monsters that are coming after you in your mind, essentially. Uh, there are four classes, and it's kind of the typical classes where you have like a brawler, a tank, a medic, and a long-distance type of guy. They all have different names, but those are the basic ideas. So there is some diversity in the gameplay there. There's stuff you can buy in the shop, and there are different build trees you can go through to kind of upgrade your weapons and things like that. So you start off buying like lesser things and then they build on combine with other things. So there's a lot of diversity as far as the gameplay goes there. And it's necessary to keep up with you earn money as you're defeating waves. And in between, you have a small respite where you can go buy stuff and heal. And then the next wave comes in. There is the option to do like a a 10 wave game where you have like two or three bosses throughout it. And then the game ends after that. And that takes anywhere from like a half hour to 45 minutes, which is nice. It's a fairly quick game. But there's also an endless mode that you can unlock where you just keep going to if you want to have something a little longer term. You can also make it like five waves or something with like one boss if you want to go even quicker game. Uh, sounds good. There's a nice narrator who has a very charming accent as he's <laughs> kind of doing play by play on everything. He'll like let you know when one of your allies is down or when there's a boss coming or anything like that. And uh, that's pretty amusing, too. But overall, it was a very fun game. It's actually a spinoff, too which I didn't realize at first. There's another game that this company created, which was an RPG called Crater. And I think that's why the world looks so good in this game, because they already spent all the time and work establishing their larger universe for Crater. So they're just taking elements of that to make this like almost mini game inside of that universe as well, too. I highly recommend this to people. I think it's like 10 bucks on Steam for one license or... If you want to spend $24.99, you can get five codes right away to kind of distribute to yourself and your friends. So that way you have people to play with, which is the big, big kind of draw of this game. Awesome. Cool. Kind of looks like League a little bit, but... Yeah, so it does have that MOBA look, right. yeah, for that sure. element of it, like the leveling and 
buying items and and there are abilities and things having, like that too that are and similar. i assume it's self-contained like within one game like it you, is every new game is a new it is yep. start yeah, yep so. yeah I, I mean that it's good in a way that you can just kind of hop in and always have the same experience right. but the one of the downsides and you can level up in a way but not necessarily like you're not going to level up your guy to be able to go in and fight everybody by yourself mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that so you are kind of like starting from scratch in a way every time you play. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have to like play as, does each character have to be different or can you have like duplicates of characters? You could have all, well, there's only four classes and you can mm -hmm. have five on the team. So you're going to have a duplicate regardless. If you want to have all five medics, you're welcome to. Right. There's no requirement that you have one. Five medics would be pretty awful, but <laughs> yeah. that is just nobody would die. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> but uh, you can kind of arrange them however you want, which is also nice. Yeah, that way you don't have to fight with everybody about who's going to be what. Right. So, uh, yeah, Blood Sports TV. Good game. Hey, Amazon users. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, which will bring you right to the Amazon homepage. If you make a purchase after using this link, you've helped the show by earning us a commission, and it won't cost you any extra money. Please use this link for all your future Amazon shopping. That's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Hey, this is Aaron Ashmore from Warehouse 13, and you're listening to The Geek Generation. I would like to remind people to uh, help us out. If you don't mind doing so, you can support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. When you do that, we'll take you to our Patreon page. You can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. You sign up, choose a contribution amount, and that will be donated automatically each month. You can cancel that donation at any time. We are asking for $1 a month, which is roughly 25 cents a show, provided we hit every single week as we try to do. Uh, again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Doing so will allow us to do some other things, too. I'm trying to stream a little bit more often on Twitch. Uh, I'm trying to get involved with other people as far as just doing some collaborative work. We have some ideas uh, coming out. You'll hear an interview coming up soon with someone I'll probably be doing a lot of collaboration with. Uh, so yeah, if you support us, we can make more things for you. That is our goal. All right, let's get into our geek outs and freak outs. Yay. Anna. So they're bringing the Muppets back to television. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. I was surprised when I saw yeah, it in the show notes. It's super exciting. Tell me more. There's not a lot of information, but, um, so a new Muppets TV show is in the works from Disney Muppet Studios and ABC. Uh, reports say Big Bang Theory co-creator Bill Prady is writing the proof of concept and plans to run the show with TV writer and producer Bob Cushel, who's best known for his work on The Simpsons, American Dad, Suburgatory, and Anger Management. Okay. That's like all there is. <laughs> That's like all the information. Oh. But so it's in the very need, early stages. Do you need more information than that? Right. Probably not. Muppets back to TV? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Um, I don't know if you guys remember M Muppets Tonight. Oh, yeah. I loved that show. I it actually did didn't too. last, but I think that now with the resurgence of the movies that people are going to be more receptive. Was it on TGIF Muppets Tonight? Uh, I feel like maybe. it was in some block. It might have been. It. I mean, it was later and I loved um, Clifford. He yep. was the new host. I yep. thought he was. I loved that show. I thought it was great. It was just exactly like it used to be. It's a a talent, you mm -hmm. know, sketch kind of show with the it's Muppets. It's Saturday Night Live with the Muppets, right. basically. It's and gonna, it was a nice yeah. platform for like guest stars and promotion yeah. and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that this time around it works out a little better because the Muppets are a little more popular now. Yep. Um. So it might be the right time. 
Yeah. So I'm especially really with a uh, Fraggle Rock movie around the corner too. That's in development as well. Oh, really? With Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have cable growing up, so I didn't watch Fraggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're great. Yeah. Oh, um, well, it's all the same world. So yeah. That's, that's yeah. The, I mean, one helping out the other is kind of right. rising it all up. So I think it's good timing, and I'm I hope that they have a good run. Yeah. So cool. Definitely, definitely going to be watching that. Damien. Because I can't stop talking about video games, yeah. my geek out <laughs> is about the revival of both Rock Band and Guitar Hero slated for this year. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of research, so you'll have to educate me for of sure course. on this. So um, in March, Harmonix dropped that Rock Band 4 was coming out, mm-hmm. and then uh, this month, uh, just like a, a week ago, Activision was like, boom, Guitar Hero Live. So it's been about four or five years since we've seen the last rock bands and the last Guitar Heroes. And back then, by that point, we were so saturated with them. No one was probably buying any of the new games. Uh, People were content with what they had. I'm pretty excited for both. Uh, We're seeing great innovation that can only be done when you take time off from Mm -hmm. something. For a rock band, uh, we're, we're seeing potential for having over... 2000 games to be playable by using uh you know DLC that they've already established for o- older games plus new ga- new songs that they'll be adding to the playlists mm-hmm. probably some updated game modes I've uh, reached out to Harmonix and asked them uh their PR people and they said that uh we'll be seeing you know better components in their controllers that they'll be send- selling to us not too much in terms of like different game modes but definitely expanding on what they already have and making them super polished mm-hmm. um as for guitar hero they're going way out in making new things they've uh announced a new controller so instead of having your five colored buttons in line there's now going to be six buttons with um being in two rows of three which is more akin to how hmm. an actual guitar has multiple strings and multiple frets okay um so you'll be forming like actual chords with your fingers instead of just hitting oh, buttons randomly. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're splitting it into two game modes where you have um Guitar Hero Live and Guitar Hero TV. Okay. Guitar Hero Live instead of the traditional where you would play and on the screen you would see your character playing on stage, mm-hmm. instead you're going to be in first person on a stage playing oh, in wow. front of a live audience. That's so, interesting. Yeah, so you'll be part of the band. Uh, you know, the camera will be responding to how, you know, a, a rock, rock star would play on stage. Sure. And it's going to have like live interaction with how well you're playing. So if you're doing well, the crowd is going nuts. The singer's probably going to be smiling and happy. You do bad, you're going to get the booze that you normally would, but you'll right. be seeing the crowd <laughs> upset at you. Will <laughs> they throw vegetables? That, that was my probably. same question. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see, uh, you know, your other bandmates hanging their head being like what is this guy doing so yeah um both of them i'm very excited for both have potential to rejuvenate the rhythm game series that we've you know we had enough of about five years ago but Mm -hmm. at this point i'm sure a lot of people have gotten over it and are ready for something new sure sure we'll see so you need to buy new controllers um rock band is coming out for PS4 and Xbox One, but also for PS3 and 360, and they promise that for those systems, the old controllers will be compatible. Uh, for okay. Guitar Hero, that is not the case. You'll have to have... Well, yeah, it, they have the it, different yeah, frets right. set up. At, so. at least for the new guitar. I don't know about the drums. And then, obviously, if you're upgrading to the next generation, you would need new controllers anyways. And I'm sure not a lot of people still have working perfect condition controllers. I know mine are very, very 
the connection between them are, are, are isn't that great. And like I got, some a, of the I got a couple friends who have their guitars hanging up on the walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> just gonna have to throw them out. I have I have my guitars like sitting over here. I've like moved my drum set to another room entirely. Mm-hmm. Like uh, as exciting as this probably is for some people, like I'm just out of this mm-hmm. genre mm-hmm. entirely. Like the investment that it took to go through it the first time. Yeah, I'm right. like, Ugh. and then. Unless there's some like major online component, which I think was really difficult with a game like this where timing is so important. Right. Uh, I don't know if that online component's going to be there as much. And like, you're still in college, so there's still like people around you all the time and you have a good span of time after that where they'll still be accessible. But for someone, uh, in the stage of my life where I am, it's like, this is not something conducive. Like, even if you buy it to have it at parties, it's everyone gets together you have the intent of it being played and it never will and it's just gonna be money spent or like one person will play at a time and like yeah at, at some point everybody's just gonna be like well let's just play another game or let's go do something else exactly or, i mean if there are drinks involved <laughs> nobody's gonna want to play that thing shit-faced like everybody's just gonna it's gonna be a beer cozy for like the rest of the party i so, just yeah. picture rob sitting in his room playing his guitar hero all by <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's on the set list. That'll yeah. be the number one song. He's it better just be. On it his better couch, be. Like, oh man. Yeah. Sorry. I always have like a depressing <laughs> image in your head of some sort or, or another. It's just me being pathetic. <laughs> hey, last time it was you um, with a girl and Battle Cat. That that's wasn't true. depressing. That's that was true. exciting. Mm-hmm. That was very exciting. I don't know if it was the girl or Battle Cat that was more exciting. But... Uh, Paul, you have a few. Uh yeah, so Saw Furious Seven recently, awesome movie. I am excited to see it, but I've not made it out to the theater yet. I mean, it's kind of like your suspension, your suspension of disbelief has to be like at an all time high. Well, these movies like, are what they are, right? I we mean, know what they are going in. The tone of the movie is basically like you saying this is fucking ridiculous, yeah, and then having Vin Diesel be like, yeah, yeah, this is what we do, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, get with the program, and then you're like, all right. All right. I'm on board. And then cars follow the plane and fucking cars drive through buildings to other buildings. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, I mean, and they do a good job. I mean, the characters are so well fleshed out at this point that mm-hmm. everybody just does what they do. I mean, there's even one part in the movie where like Tyrese's character is like, what, what do you, what do I do? And they're like, <laughs> just do what you do. Shine brightly. <laughs> and, like, and like, you know, like you already have that sense of like, I mean, with the press for everything, they've been pushing family like real hard. Yeah. Mo- yeah. Mostly because of Paul Walker, but also right, because right. like they have this like, cohesiveness as a cast so like they've been pushing the family issue really hard every time like every press talk is like family 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 brother 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 kind of thing so like you get that sense going to the movie and at the end there's like a little tidbit i mean i don't think it's a really a spoiler at this point but um you know it's kind of a small tribute to paul walker mm-hmm. going into the movie like a friend of mine who's like a generally emotionless dude mm. like tough guy kind of guy he's like bro you're gonna cry. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, bro, you're a bigger pussy than me. You're gonna cry. <laughs> and I was like, uh, whatever. And so like, I go to this movie, and like, I mean, the whole movie is great. You know, yeah, ups yeah. and downs. It feels a little long because it's a little over two hours. Oh jeez. But then you get to the end, and you're like, I'm gonna cry. And then like, 
halfway through the tribute, you're just like tears are just streaming down your face. And like you look, you look around the theater to see if anybody else is crying. Everybody is crying. It's just like, <laughs> and they're like wiping their face with their sleeve. And you're just like, I'm not alone. And so you just let go. The best part is that it's a bunch of like drag racing wannabe bros. It's just a like, bunch of bros and, yeah, their and they're all weeping. And, like, and everybody's just like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. And like everybody's walking into the theater like, gotta wipe away the tears before anybody sees that has got to be the weirdest thing watching them all leave furious oh, seven yeah. crying like you expect that you know from et or like a chick mm-hmm. flick or something but to have everybody walking out red-faced out of that movie it's yeah, <laughs> gotta be yeah. really strange i definitely had my hat down a little lower and i just kind of <laughs> just rushed right out to the car and i was like i mean it was great like it's a good trip um like i will say i mean there's some weak points to the movie i mean the rock is not in as much of the movie as I would have but liked. But there is a rock bottom. I know that. Yes. And that was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when it happens, like, you know who the wrestling fans in the, yeah. in the, in the no! auditorium are? They're like, yeah! like, like I saw like at least two people. He has it done hands. it since like the rundown. Yeah. And like, he's, I think like in the, in the press, he was saying like, I, you know, I, I ran it by Statham and he was cool with it. I'm like, yeah. Wait, so you ran it by other people and they weren't cool with it? What the fuck? Right, right. Like, I mean, that was that's like the number one thing. I mean, other than the people's elbow. But right, that's, but that's, that's kind of awkward. Really ridiculous in <laughs> yeah. a movie. So, I mean, yeah, the movie is great. Definitely go and see it. And uh, it's, I mean, it just came out. So it's going to be in the theaters for a while. I think sure. it just broke like a billion dollars yeah. worldwide. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Those yeah. movies make money. So, yeah, Furious 7. Um, the, the next thing is just a couple of shows. On TV, Undateable, which is on NBC's mm-hmm. NBC's uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night uh, program slot. Great show. I mean, it's just a bunch of stand-up comedians that they all Crystal threw together. Crystalia, Ron Funches, right. uh, Brent Morin. And, like, I mean, it's awesome. Like, uh, the, the you, you get the impression that they get each other and so that they're able to play off of each other's sure. style. And uh, there's a good bit of improv in the show. So, um, I mean, for network TV, I mean, it's a refreshing breath. It's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's so good, uh, comedic timing and the jokes and everything. So, and they're really like from I heard the Undateable guys on the uh, Nerdist podcast. It was a good show, yeah, and it was great. I mean, they 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 kind of gave you the idea that the uh, writers and the actors work together mm-hmm. and they're open to improv. Mm-hmm. So that's great. I mean, and the network's very much behind them, right? And so, I mean, Ron Funches is great. That laugh is infectious as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like you hear him laughing, you can't just help. Yeah. You can't help but at least feel happy. He's a big right? ball of happy. Yeah, and it's still great. So definitely undateable. Check that out. Um, Game of Thrones and Silicon Valley are back, and it is fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm actually I'm holding off on Silicon Valley for a little bit just because yeah. I want to binge through a lot of it. I tried to hold off. Yeah. throughout the week, but then I just broke on like Thursday. I'm like, I gotta watch it. <laughs> But, it's such uh, a good show. Yeah, it's so good. And it's like both of the shows are kind of just bringing you back up to speed with what's going on. Game of Thrones is very much like, okay, so here we are. And moving forward, this is what you're going to be able to expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, a lot of twists and turns. Um, I mean, you kind of see like Khaleesi being... Not naked anymore. Yeah, well, no. She's <laughs> naked in this... I mean, you don't see boobs or anything. Right, but right. She's naked in this one part. But um, I mean, you kind of see her coming into her own, but also showing her an experience like she's now the queen of all these people but does she have the experience to rule all these people like can she make her ideals the ideals of the people hmm. also what do you do when none of your dragons are listening to you anymore like yeah, yeah. it's 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 one turn and then there's like uh the whole thing with Tyrion and uh 
um, fuck, what's the guy? The bald imp. I forget. Or the bald eunuch's name. Oh, my God. I, but I don't whatever. know if anyone else here watches it. So well, they, <laughs> you got no help in this room. They just finished their, their journey across the sea to Dorne. And so they're kind of get going through the process of building a plan to presumably put Khaleesi on the Iron Throne back mm-hmm. in Westeros. It's very interesting. So, uh, yeah. It's you know. funny. When people talk about Game of Thrones, I feel like it's some soap opera that's on during like <laughs> you would the think, middle of the day. Yeah. Like it sounds super boring and dumb yeah but then like my wife who is very hard to entertain like Mm -hmm. she's very skeptical and very like i don't give a shit you know like she started watching game of thrones with me last season and now she's very much into it like Mm -hmm. i almost watched it without her and she's like like (laughs) like like, i was like okay fine we'll watch it together (laughs) you're in trouble yeah so like you know i mean if she can get to like it i mean there must be something about the show sure definitely check it out if you can and my last geek out is about a page on facebook called chef steps Mm -hmm. now chef steps is run by a bunch of chefs who they do everything basically they do everything from things that are very simple and practical to putting together very composed dishes mm-hmm. for someone like me who does a lot of cooking at home. I mean, even the, uh, the very basic stuff is super helpful. Mm. Like, um, they did one recently. It's like, how, what is the best way to cook your vegetables? Remarkably enough, the microwave, like the microwave is supposedly the best. It preserves the most nutrients. Um, most vegetables can be cooked within like 30 minute, 30 seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very quick, very easy. And it's just a process of like building a dish yourself after cooking the vegetables. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, if you're very health savvy, if you're wanting food with more nutrients and you have a lot of vegetables and a microwave, you're all set hmm. and it, it takes very little time. And then, you know, they do other stuff too. That's very practical. Like, um, like one that was really interesting to me was, uh, they took a, uh, a sweet onion, Mm-hmm. And they uh, roasted it, pureed it, and they turned it into like a dairy substitute. Hmm. So it can almost be like a substitute to like uh, cream in a soup. That's crazy. Or something wow. you thicken a sauce or something. This, this all sounds very like douchey to like the nuns, <laughs> but it's really practical. And like I've done some of the stuff that they have on the site. It saves a ton of time throughout the week. Hmm. Like if you're big into garlic flavor, sure. you do like this garlic oil hack that they have on the site. As long as you have like five of these little glass jars that you can get at any store, mm-hmm. you can save so much time. So huh. like definitely check them out. Chef Steps on Facebook. Um, Sounds good. Watch all their videos uh, and you're guaranteed to learn something from it. Cool. I'm geeking out over a few different things, one of which is Uber. I know I've mentioned it in the past, but I've actually used it locally now, which is a thing because before I was only using it out in San Diego. I was at Anime Boston fairly recently and uh, staying at a hotel in Boston. We used Uber to get all over the place, and it was great. The only thing that was funny comparing Uber Boston to Uber San Diego, San Diego drivers are so much more friendly. Like, we did bump into some friendly drivers in Boston, but this is also Boston, so... I believe it. Yeah. Prefer not to talk to each other. Yeah, a little different, uh, being in New England and everything. Uh, Another one I know we're all geeking out over to a certain extent is... And I'm not going to go into it completely, because we will probably spend an entire episode going over the first season but holy shit daredevil yes holy shit this is arguably one of the best things that marvel has ever done Mm -hmm. even taking into account all the movies that they've made and stuff i had no idea like i was expecting a, a daredevil series that was fun and whatever but oh my god they went in depth it is the cinematographic choices that they made, like 
hall fight scene in episode two. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It's like one take of a five minute choreographed amazing fight where you see uh you see Matt Murdock slash Daredevil mm-hmm. like getting winded as he's going through the fight, like these yeah. little adrenaline bursts that throw out something just to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people saying it was a nice homage to old boy. Uh Vincent D'Onofrio as uh Wilson Fisk slash the Kingpin was revolutionary. I had a feeling it would be just knowing that he was going to be in the role, but he took Kingpin in a direction that I did not see coming almost like he was somewhat autistic, but very, uh, very suiting for the character. And again, giving us kind of like the first Marvel villain since Loki Mm -hmm. that was understandable and had the depth, weirdly relatable. And the fact that they uh, introduce, I'm not obviously going to go into too many spoilers because I want people to watch this so badly, uh, but introducing the the female element to go along with him humanized him in such a way that I never thought possible. Yeah. Uh, it, it was so good. So I haven't watched any of it yet. I'm planning on actually doing a marathon tonight when I leave here. But, yeah. Um, so how is it if you, is it a good introductory story to Daredevil? Because I know nothing I know zero okay. about Daredevil. Never read a comic. Never seen. Never saw the other movie. Yeah. I know nothing about Daredevil. I know some about Daredevil. I didn't know about the peripheral characters around him. Uh, so, like, I, I understand the Matt Murdock, the origin story, and I'm very familiar with the Kingpin, mostly from the Spider-Man cartoon, <laughs> more than anything. But I don't think they handhold you through the origin, but they give you enough of it. They, they give you what you need to know. Should and it's I like not Wikipedia all, him no, first? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no? no, no. They give you what you need to know and they give it in pieces. They don't just throw it in your face and like, let's drag you through an origin. It's not an origin story. Right, right. Okay. They do some flashbacks to like fill in the blanks, but it's not a hugely origin story as to this is how he got his powers and this is what he did to train to get here. Like all those pieces fill in throughout the series through flashbacks. It's not like they just go, here's his origin story and this is the terrible tragedy. And it's so much more interesting than that. But Damien, you said you're uh, more of a fan of the character. So you probably know more about Daredevil than I do. I don't really know a ton so much about the character. I just feel that um, like as a character, I find him the most interesting Mm -hmm. um, just as a character where he's not like, you know, the superhero mutant. He's, Kind of like your average Joe, but with, you know, slightly more than human heightened senses and, you know, some superhuman strength. But as a character to watch on, like, television, sometimes you forget that he's a superhero when you're watching, like, you know, his, like, Matt Murdock self and stuff. And then you get back into, the like, the superhero and it's like, while it's, you know, high action, it's not, like, super ridiculous. It's just, it's so cool to watch. And it's like you get the feeling that he's an underdog, but it's not like the drastic underdog where it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to come out on top. It's like anything can happen and anything does happen. I feel like uh, while I love all these comic book movies and everything, a TV series lends itself more so much more to comic book storytelling because they can do it over a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. They allow the exposition that you get in a comic book to take place. Like in any given episode of Daredevil, you might see five to eight minutes of action sometimes a little bit longer but a lot of it is like there are parts where you see side characters like foggy and karen you see them on their own without murdoch in the scene at all sometimes having a conversation for like four or five minutes which is long for any tv show and it's just as interesting as anything else that you're watching 
it's it's amazing the way that they fleshed out all the characters. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm excited to see because this is all one Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm excited to see what could tie in back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've been seeing so far. Like to see Daredevil stand side by side with the Avengers would be unbelievable. And I'm sure Civil War is like a great opportunity for that. But well, they're all. They, I think didn't Kevin Feige also mention something about how Daredevil's New York is actually going to be the new Spider-Man's New York? Oh, so they're going to kind wow. of be side by side. I mean, when you think about it, Daredevil's in Hell's Kitchen, which is in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's just over the way in Queens. I yeah, mean, you know that's like his hood. It'd be interesting to see, like, if you're just watching an episode of Daredevil or yeah. something, and you see a flash of red and blue swing by, it's like, <gasps> you know, like right, something right. like that happened. Like, that'd be awesome. But I think he's mentioned that in some of the press for um, for Daredevil, that this is the same New York as Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. or what will be Spider-Man's New York. And it's also the New York that we've seen in every other Marvel thing, because I listened to Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast, and one of the things that they said about the writing room when they were creating it is they refer to the incident several times throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what are they talking about? And Kevin Smith was like, Oh, just say nine 11. We all know what you're talking about. It's not what they're talking about. They're yeah. talking about the New York incident where the Chitari came and destroyed everything. So mm. this is a New York that's being rebuilt from the destruction of that invasion. And now like would happen, these mobsters are battling over this broken area mm-hmm. and Daredevil's trying to kind of save the people from these powers that they have no no control over that are just trying to destroy their lives and kind of take over the property. So it all makes so so much perfect sense, but it's at such a grounded real level. Like this is the Marvel that's not this epic, huge, massive story. It's an epic story told on a scale that is so much more relatable that it feels real. This is a crime drama that has a superhero. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I relate That's it perfect. to the Dark Knight in that way, that it, Dark Knight was a, a, a crime story that had superheroes in it. Daredevil is very much the same way. Right. So to answer your question, I guess you can watch this without very much you can, backstory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long winded answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Revolution. I don't know if anyone else watched this show. Something that we talk about all the time on the show is stories not finishing their story, kind of dropping off the air with a cliffhanger hanging. Uh, the people that created Revolution are so passionate about the story that they wrote that they want to, even though there's no way financially or logistically at this point to get the cast back together and film the remainder of the story that they'd like to. They did announce something called Revolution Endgame, which will be a four-issue series coming from DC Comics. Uh, And the quote that was in this post on Facebook is that everyone has agreed to work for little or no money. They're doing it because, like you, they're passionate about this story and they want to see it end correctly. I think this is uh, to be commended, this kind of responsibility in a fan base and in a story that you wanted to tell. So, no, it's not seeing it on TV to wrap it up like we had hoped. But at least it's something. At least they're going to try and tie the threads together in some way. And I think that's to be commended. Yeah. Um, I think like the, I think the only reason Revolution didn't experience as much success as maybe it should have is because it was on NBC. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it had been on, a, or on AMC, for example, sure. it probably would have done much better. Or it, would, it would probably still be going. Uh, or, you know, on another cable network. But the fact that it was on NBC and it was in, wasn't it in like a primetime slot? Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like too good for the show, but I'm, it's great to see that they're wrapping it up because yeah. I mean, way too many shows have been canceled without 
so much as a word. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking when you invest that much time. Even though it was only like two or three seasons, Yeah, that's two or three years of your life that has kind of like had its threads through. Right. Uh, lastly, and this one's a quick one, Justice League Gods and Monsters is the next DC animated universe uh, thing that they've featured. Well, I'm not super thrilled about the story because it's like an alternate world Justice League where... Superman wasn't raised by the Kents. Wonder Woman is not an Amazonian. Batman is not Bruce Wayne. He almost looks like a vampire or something. I'm not super familiar with the story, but the there's two things about this one in particular that are exciting for me. One of which, it's the return to the Bruce Tim art style, the one that we saw in like Justice League and Batman the Animated Series and Superman the Animated Series. It is the uh, quintessential DC animated style, and I'm very excited to see that happen. I do think... A lot of DC's recent animated movies have struggled because Bruce Timm was not in charge of them in some way. And having him back for this one, I think, is awesome. And Michael C. Hall, also known as Dexter, who I am a huge fan of, is going to be the voice of Batman for this particular one. So that is two of my worlds colliding in such a way that I love. Granted, I wish he was voicing the Bruce Wayne Batman, but I will Mm -hmm. take what I can get. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. uh, It's really different. And like... Batman is actually a vampire. He is okay. Yeah, so he's definitely a vampire. Wonder Woman, I don't know what her origin is. She looks like is. a new god, her yeah, costume. Like it or, oh no, no, that's right. She's um she's the daughter of somebody who married Darkseid or something like that. Oh Jesus. She has a, a, a connection to Darkseid. So she has somehow. like a Caliban kind of origin. Sort of, yeah. Like she's like one of the, the gladiator girls that he has. Okay. And um Superman is the son of Zod. Yeah. And Zod sent his son off to her instead of it being uh, Kal-El or Jor-El. And um, a- apparently he speaks Spanish because yeah. in one of the trailers, he's like, like, Dios mío. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It was, it felt so out of place. <laughs> yeah. It was like a weird sort of like tack on. Like, I, I mean, he kind of looks like the most interesting man in the world when the most interesting man in the world was younger. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like a weird tack on. But yeah, it's, uh, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. But I'm excited for those things. All right, let's do our freakouts. Oh, freak out! Anna? It's sort of like, it's weird because I, I'm all on board with this, the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I'm also sort of being jaded by it by mm-hmm. already. And especially probably on Facebook, which I should probably just stay off Facebook. But like, <laughs> you just see all these articles about like hype on, you know, Infinity Wars. Yeah. And like, Age of Ultron isn't even out yet. Like, I'm not even really excited about Age of Ultron because I feel like the news has already passed it. Infinity War is kind of Trump. The excitement of that is more right. than Age of Ultron. Exactly. And it's like, and it's so many years down the road. I'm like, I don't, you know, it's like with the Star Wars trailer. I'm like, I don't want to even know. Like, just show me bits and pieces from Age of Ultron. Yeah. And I'll get excited and go see it. But like to have my news feed just like taken over by rumors of movies that are going to come out three and four right. years Are we going to see Ms. Marvel in Infinity I'm like, War? <laughs> I don't care. Like, wh- why don't I get excited about it like a year before it comes out sure. instead of four years before it comes out? You know, it's just like it is it is becoming flooded, which I was afraid was going to happen. Um, and I think that the, like Ant-Man looks awesome and I'm excited for Guardians 2. But like once we start in like Guardians 3 and like, you know, nobody liked Iron Man 3. So it's kind of like they just need to 
just tone it back like a little bit maybe mm-hmm. and it's probably not even marvel's fault it's like a lot of the fans getting excited and writing articles about these things that they hear rumors about sure but i just feel like so flooded by it and it's starting to get really irritating i understand because i don't even really know what age of ultron's about because the news came out three years ago right, <laughs> and right, i'm like right. i forgot now the movie's coming out and no i know everything about infinity wars and i know nothing about the movie that's actually coming out sure you know so it's just kind of tiring and irritating yeah, Part of the problem that. with that stuff is too is that most of it's coming from uh, non-established sources. Let's just say, yeah. I mean, right. like these are people that had interviews with heads at Marvel, and then they'll like speculate and read into stuff that some of the people have said. And so, like a lot of it sometimes is clickbait because you'll click on it and you'll be like, "The fuck, that's not no," mm-hmm. you know, right, like that right. has nothing to do with you know, it's, it's speculation. And so I tend to just like if I see something like that, I'll be like. Like I'll either block it or, you know, get rid of it somehow. Well, that's how I am now. So like I don't even watch trailers anymore because I'm like, I just don't. I'm going to look at what's coming out. And then, like, just decide what I want to go see. Yeah. It's like, but I don't, well, like, I don't want to listen to rumors anymore because, like, half of it's not true. And half of it's about, like I said, stuff that's coming out years from now. God, you know, you, I could be dead in four years. Like, it's <laughs> like, I don't, you know, who knows? Whoa. You know, <laughs> that's very dark. It is, it but it's dark. true. But it's true. You know, like, I'm kind of a live in the now kind of person. Like, I don't want to, like, analyze the shit out of the cinematic universe, like, for the rest of its existence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, slow down, back it off. If, um, if she dies within the next four years, we need to pull that <laughs> clip and play it over her memorial tribute episode. <laughs> she knew. She I don't knew. know how she knew, but she knew. <laughs> it's Infinity War's fault. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You had one other too, right? Yeah, just, um. so my Fio spill went up $6 for pretty much no reason. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only $6, but like the whole reason that I even have like television because i do not watch television i watch netflix i watch amazon um i do use the on-demand features but like i watch the walking dead and football Mm -hmm. that is all i watch Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a lot of money to be spending on per month on two shows but like the internet by itself is uh, 89.99 or something, insane. 79.99, something like that. It's like 80 or 90 dollars just for the internet by itself. Yeah. So then the TV added on to that, it's like 126. Yeah. So it's like, well, I might as well keep the television because I can go on demand. You know, I like to watch Mythbusters and some Discovery stuff once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I went on like the automated chat or whatever, and I'm like, why did my bill go up six dollars? Because one of them was something about sports. I'm like, I don't fucking watch sports except for football, which is national. That's not like local sports. I'm not watching golf or bowling or anything. Like I'm watching football during football season on like the major networks. And then the other thing was just this across the board cable fee. Like it's a new fee. Oh, they love those. Yeah. It's just a new fee. Everybody gets. So then, um, my, basically she was just like, well, there's nothing we can do. Sorry. Like, fuck you. And I was like, (laughs) okay. So I, so she was like, you can downgrade your plan. So, I watch AMC, Mm -hmm. the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, and Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Those are the only four channels I watch. And if I downgrade my plan, you don't get those. I lose Comedy Central only. Oh, so it's literally like now I have to decide. I think it's a like a ten or thirteen dollar difference or something Mm -hmm. like that if I downgrade. So I have to decide whether or not Comedy Central by itself is worth ten dollars a month. Yeah, (laughs) which I'm thinking no. But I do like there aren't that I guess they have the random episode generator on their website, which is pretty cool. Oh, 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm probably they just going to... They have a lot of their stuff on their website in general anyway. They do. Mm-hmm. They have... Yeah. So, I'm thinking I'm... Because it's pretty much just for South Park. I don't actually watch Comedy Central either. Right, it's right. just South Park. So, um, you know, it's not even a whole channel. It's just one show. And I'm just like, when are they going to let you pick their channels? Like, yeah. it's time, Cable. It's time. And it's getting that way yeah. now with, like, HBO Now yeah. and uh, because CBS. I, and, well, that you know, because the salespeople, they try to sell you. So she's going, well, you know, if you downgrade your plan, you're going to lose a lot of stations. And I'm like, I don't fucking watch television. Yeah. Like, I don't watch television. And then the really funny thing was I went to the um, Xfinity website, because I have Fios. So I went to the Xfinity website to get a quote, and it was more money than Fios. Mm-hmm. So I said, so the guy like that I'm chatting with, you know, he was like, so let me know when you'd like me to sign you up. And I'm like, no, you're not signing me up because it's more money. And I wish I like took a screen capture of his comment because it was (laughs) so fucking funny. He goes, I know that money is important, but I'm sure that you will feel that our service is worth the extra money. And I just said, I just wrote back. I'm such a bitch. I wrote back. Absolutely not. I said, I'm perfectly happy with my service the way it is. I don't have a single solitary complaint. I am just looking to save money. Yeah. Have a nice day. (laughs) I just can't help. Anytime there's anything. You really think I'm going to actually give you more money for the same thing? Are you serious? Anytime there's like any complaints about cable TV, is I always think of that South Park episode where they just like pull up the nipple flaps and just like, oh, you have a problem with your service? Oh my yeah. God. Oh, it's so bad. That's the thing though. Like, Fios has been really good to me. It's never gone out. It's fine. I just don't like paying an extra $6 a month for nothing Mm -hmm. i don't like burning my money like lighting it on fire in front of my face you know you don't have to complain to me about extra fees from cable companies i'm just i'm one of those people that like i'm all about principle like Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with the six dollars it has to do with that three of the six dollars are for local sports channels that i don't fucking watch and it's like and especially i feel like verizon more than any of the other companies should be you know taking charge of this and be the first ones to say you can pick your channel package because they have always been innovative and they've always been on the front lines of you know technology and just wait until google fiber gets their tentacles on everything and all these cable companies are going to be in so much trouble i think amazon's going to do the same thing too because i get stuff from am i like i've decided that amazon is the big corporation from wally yeah like that it's what (laughs) they're going to become like they're going to to become that company because yeah. even the like all the stuff like I've been talking about like joining a couple um, subscription services lately like Dollar Shave Club my husband does which is awesome mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about signing up for that and like the food and now you can buy clothes on like you can just have everything just like here you go Amazon like, is all your slowly stuff. taking and doing a good job with all the things they like they recently bought Twitch they uh, yeah. they're they're getting their hands on everything yeah Amazon's taking over my bookstore at college are they wow. yeah Wow. I think they've done that with a lot of bookstores. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, if I think if Amazon Instant Video is good, but if they can somehow kind of like they've done with the music service, mm-hmm. if they can really get people to be able to watch whatever they want, then they're good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Damien. So guess what I'm talking about? <laughs> More video games. Yeah. All right. So my freak out is where is Mighty Number no. Nine? Mighty Number no. 9 was a Kickstarted video game that uh, the campaign ran a couple years ago by the original like head of Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically like a spiritual successor since Capcom has done Jack with Mega Man in the last like five, ten years or whatever. Right, right. Release date was set for April 2015. 
and there's been no word of release whatsoever. Nothing saying about delays, nothing saying about any narrow of a window. It's mm-hmm. just been April 2015 for the last three years. Okay. Uh, what is your experience with Kickstarted things? Is this your first campaign? You're it, really... it, it was my first campaign, okay. and I haven't done anything with it. As an avid uh, crowdfunding backer, mm-hmm. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you You will see most projects come out within six to 12 months of their estimated release date yeah i mean i'm 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 still waiting on over two years on some yikes yeah are they giving you like new projected dates though uh not specific they usually be they'll give me a range of like six months Mm -hmm. and then that could also change too yeah i mean i'm not like super panicking over it yet there's a potential that they're just gonna bam drop it on april 30th mm-hmm. um it's just there's been no word of it either through concept which is the company or through any other news media outlets i i just want to know what's going on where are we getting we're still getting updates of like development like oh this week we put in this or here's, yeah. you know where we're we're taking it with this or we've, we've worked on this extra you know the stretch goal that you guys reached but I want my Mighty Number no. 9. My big bummer with it, and I don't know, maybe this was what Mighty Number no. 9 did, because uh, I know they sent out a survey. Mm-hmm. Did that was Their survey was for platform, right? Yeah. And I think I chose PS4 uh-huh. at the time if it was available, but I know other video games I've definitely backed and gotten like the Steam codes for. Right. And then as they uh, hit like a stretch goal, they're like, oh, now we get to put out a PS4, Xbox uh. One version, but the backers don't have that option. We paid for the computer one so other people will be able to buy it on these other platforms but we already paid for it on steam or whatever and that's what we're getting Mm -hmm. so mercenary kings was one of those it came out on ps4 but i had already purchased it for steam Uh, and that was not something i could switch mm -hmm. like at the time so that was kind of a bummer yeah so hopefully fingers crossed yeah they've got got a week this is typical fair i hate to tell you they should at least tell you though like keep you updated i think that's like human nature is to get pissed off when you feel like you're in the dark i don't think damien would be mad if they said we're pushing it back right he's mad because they're just like i'm gonna ignore this problem (laughs) like you know it's irritating when they don't keep you in the loop i think especially if it's something you're paying for with mighty number nine especially i i think this may might alleviate some of your fear is that they've been like weekly updating yeah. since the campaign started and now they're really quiet. And I mm. think that's because they're getting close to the release date. I think they're spending so much time on the game that they're not focusing as much on the actual updates about the game. Right. So if anything, maybe take comfort in that. <laughs> yeah, I can find comfort in that. So yeah. I'll just keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I know I'm excited for it, too. I'm waiting patiently. It'll, yeah. All right. Uh, my freakouts are Arrow related is one of them. I know you're watching Arrow. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys are. Really. Nope. Okay. Uh, this is not super spoilerific, but some people might be like about it. Uh, we're in Bleh. season three right now, and I am sort of bummed with them blatantly ripping off Batman storylines. I know there's a lot of comparison between Arrow and Batman being like, oh, he's just Batman, basically. Yeah. But the fact that they introduce Ra's al Ghul in season three and they have Ra's choose Ollie as his successor, I'm like, what the fuck? This yeah. is this is the Bruce Wayne Ra's al Ghul storyline mm-hmm. that they're blatantly ripping and making it an Arrow storyline. Yeah. And that kind of pisses me off. They have so much that they could do with the Green Arrow character. Why are they just blatantly stealing from another character's storylines? You know, that's like the studio notes, right? 
like yeah. the notes from the studio executives are like, let's make this more relatable. People know about Batman. Let's try to put Batman in Arrow. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it, it has nothing to do with like the creators wanting to like rip off a storyline, but it's like, you know, they, they take a character and they're trying to like branch it between, char- you know, major characters in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Because like otherwise, why would you do it? There's right. no reason for it. I mean, it just you, it makes me mad. There's so much freedom. Like you could do whatever you want with Arrow. I mean, there, I mean, he has his own, you know, comic storyline, of yep. course. But I mean, it's on TV. You could just say you're doing like the DC, you know, TV universe yeah, Arrow yeah, yeah. and just do whatever you want. Yeah. You have so much freedom and you have like the flash. Like why bring in a guy who's kind of is, is very much like a marginal arrow character mm-hmm. into the arrow universe. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So I don't like that at all. And the, the other, I mean, this is always a pet peeve of mine and it's my biggest pet peeve from the Nolan Batman movies is that they're, they're always called, always called him Raz Al Ghul mm-hmm. or Ra- Raz Al Ghul. And then they did it in arrow too. Mm-hmm. And then race shows up. And he calls himself Raish Al Ghul. So he's the guy naming himself. Like, it's his name. He knows how to say it. He says it properly. And everyone continues to say Raz Al Ghul. I'm like, God damn it. You heard him say it himself. It's Raish Al Ghul. What the fuck? I feel like everybody's just trolling him. Just yes. Like, just everybody just call him Raz. He can do anything else he wants. Just yeah. we'll just call him by the wrong pronunciation. Yeah, just call him Raz. He doesn't. He hates it. It razzes him. It razzes him. <laughs> Stupid crap. So I don't know. I, I still love Arrow, but that that yeah. that really irked me because that was a special thing. That was something that made like like Batman was so good at being Batman and being mm-hmm. like the world's greatest detective. And he excelled to such a level that race chose him to be a successor. Yeah. And all he is, he's cool, but he's not at that point. And he's not at that level either. Like he hasn't, the, the arrow on the CW is just the arrow that just came back from the island. Right. You know, right. he's not like arrow. It's been a few years. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like he's super arrow yet. He's, he's not like, older Ollie. Yeah. So. But they are finally getting into some things that are really interesting. Cause I'm like, I'm honestly like, I don't know where they're going with this. So, and I won't talk about those for people that are not caught up. Uh, and the last one I have is my iPhone four dying uh, in the last week or so. The screen kind of like if you had epilepsy, you'd be in trouble looking at it. <laughs> Cause it was like blinking like a rave, but it was to the point where, and I've never, I haven't bought a cell phone. I don't know if ever, <laughs> because it was always something I could get with a contract for free. And I would never choose like the ones that cost money or I just kept getting hand-me-downs from mm. people. And I just got to a point where like, okay, this thing's going to die on me and I'm going to have no phone. So I dropped almost like 300 bucks on a refurbished iPhone 5S. Why was it so much money? Cause I'm not on a contract. Oh, right. So I can't upgrade anything. So but I justified in the sense that I've also never spent money on a cell phone. Right. So I can spend money on one. Uh, If I had gotten one that was like unlocked, then it's like five hundred dollars. But I did get like an AT&T one. I did get it refurbished. So that saved me money there, too. And it came in like new, like it's practically a new iPhone anyway. Well, I've never spent more than $99 on a phone. Yeah. And even that, I've only done that twice. All my other ones were free and I've spent... It's certainly not something I wanted to do, but it was more out of necessity than anything. I could have gone back to my 3GS, which is still working fine, even though the 4 was dying. But then I'm losing like my Amazon Echo app and stuff, like things that I use on a regular basis that just are not compatible with that phone anymore. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And that's pretty much it, though. <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Final thoughts or something you'd like to plug, Anna? 
Never. Damien? <laughs> I don't know. The thought process that we could see taking he place. He tried so hard, guys. He tried. He tried Just, really uh, hard. Just check out my articles on thegeekgeneration.com. There should be a few more coming up within the next couple of weeks. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter if you search for Geek Gen Damien at MC Hammerbro. You'll find me there. Cool. Paulo? Uh, just the usual, uh, the Patreon page, go to that, sign up. Um, if you buy anything on Amazon, go through the uh, link on the geekgeneration.com and buy your stuff there. Mm-hmm. doesn't cost any additional money. Buy some tissues for when you go see Furious 7. Exactly, because you're going to need them, bro. <laughs> Get and your Amazon uh, Echo because you know you want one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So many people have told me Anna, Anna's getting hers. Matt West is getting his now. Yeah. And that's it. Cool. Uh, to see everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails with your questions, comments, feedback to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. As always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.